What's going on, Golf Addicts? Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast. It's another episode with our friend Mark Hill, our resident Tour Junkies European Tour expert in betting and DFS. Mark is a new addition to the Tour Junkies team. We're so grateful to have him. Born and based out of Northern Ireland, Mark has 10 plus years of experience full-time working in the betting industry and knows his stuff. He is going to be here every week that there's a European tour event. He's going to be right here on the Tour Junkies channel on YouTube, breaking down all the action, giving you some picks, giving you some takes. So it's going to be great content. We're really proud of it. And Mark's going to help you get a lot of green screens and some winning tickets to that ticket window. So as always, presented by our friends at FantasyNational.com. Head over to FantasyNational.com now slash TJ to get 20% off any membership level, weekly memberships, monthly or annual. You get 20% off if you try it for a week and you love it. You can upgrade to a month or, or the annual membership and still get the 20% off. It's where we've been going for four plus years to get all our PGA Tour data. They don't have European Tour stuff yet, but maybe soon to come. Uh, but if you're looking for that, if you're betting on PGA Tour, playing DraftKings, anything at all, fantasynational.com slash TJ is where it's at. And all the data is licensed by the PGA Tour to Fantasy National. So you know it's good. Hello and welcome to another edition of the European Tour Tour Junkie Show. I'm your host, Mark Hill. And it's probably the, well, penultimate time that we're going to be calling it the European Tour Show because the European Tour is going under a rebrand. Next year, it's set to be called the DP World Tour. Uh, extra prize money at stake, hopefully a bit of momentum and rise in stature for the tour as a whole. Uh, whether the tour junkies then undergo a rebrand as well might might well happen. So hopefully uh, this week and next week we can deliver some winners. It's not gone to plan so far, I have to admit that much. Uh, I think we're four, four full shows in. And yet to, to nail an outright winner, which is uh, disappointing to say the least. But we're going to keep on knocking on the door and hope that this week is the week that we finally get across the line. I have to start off now by saying that I am letting the side down because I've gone every week with a bit of a, a flavour of the region we're going to. It's a bit hard at short notice to find drinks that are native to Dubai for this week's competition. So I have gone back to the Scotch whiskey that served me well at the Alfred Dunhill links and I'm back on the famous grouse this week. So cheers guys for the podcast juice. I'll get into the course breakdown in a minute. Um, I just want to say, do you ever have one of those weeks where you go in on a Monday, you have your plans all laid out about how the week is going to go and then all hell breaks loose. Nothing pans out exactly how you planned. And a lot of momentum for me on the side coming in this week, um, away from the golf betting side of things. Uh, had lots of pluses coming my direction. Work was going great, family great, no complaints. And then all hell breaks loose. We're going to bounce back though. I'm going to be fairly optimistic as we go into this show that this is the this is the ch- the turning point in Mark Hill's week, and it's also the turning point in our betting analysis and research the tournament itself this week let's get into it it's the 2021 aviv dubai championship it's our first trip to dubai uh so we're going to be back here next week and we're at the sister course this week the fire course part of the jumerai estates next week we're going to be at the earth course for the season finale tournament the course itself this week par 72 7000 
480 yards. Bermuda Greens, uh, fairly slow, receptive. So do expect um, the poor putters on tour, what we like, to, to be more in the mix this week. I'm going to touch upon that when I get into some of the selections. Stuff that we want to have on side, driving distance is absolutely a plus. And it's not too dissimilar to last week's setup in terms of fairly forgiving off the tee um, compared to the earth course a little bit narrower fairways here but in general it's still forgiving off the tee it's not penal rough wise relatively speaking has a little bit of a linksy feel to it so i can't exactly call it linksy per se but it's definitely got that feel to it uh, and current certain character traits of the course so going to keep that in mind as well the greens as said slow um exposed to the elements which sort of ties in a bit to the lengthy feel. Um, outside of that, four par fives presenting plenty of birdie and eagle opportunities, expecting birdies as well on the par fours. If we look back at former winners here, you know, we're shooting extremely low. Last year, lots of players under 20 par, uh, the winner rounding out at 25 under as well. So, birdie fest, it's European tour, it comes with the territory at times uh, over here, but in general, it is a tournament that we want to get our teeth into and try and find something to get us on side with. Wind can sometimes pick up in the afternoon. It's not something I'm going to heavily wade into any sort of model that I'm putting together this week, but maybe I will slightly favour morning starters on day one, get that score racked up, get the confidence levels up, and hopefully put something together for the rest of the tournament. Uh, outside of that, say birdie or better percentage is another thing i've looked at par three scoring could be significant this week generally speaking guys are going to suit low on the par fours and par fives par threes is where you might get that extra little bit of edge over the rest of the field so i have looked at par three scoring which is not something i typically weight into models particularly high this week i am going to weight it up a little bit more and outside of that obviously strokes gains off the tee strokes gain the approach uh general tee to green game i say the the, the greens themselves are going to be fairly forgiving so i'm trying to find those those good ball strikers those guys that have a bit of distance to their game in general and hopefully try to find someone that excels in one particular area that i'm jumping off the page for me in terms of the model so hopefully we get that together let's jump into the top of the board and this week's top of the board is headlined by Paul Casey and Tommy Fleetwood at 11 to 1, Bernd Fiesberger 16 to 1, Matt Wallace at 20 to 1, and then rounded out with Min Lu Min Wu Lee, keep getting that one wrong, and Dean Burmeister at 25 to 1. I am going to touch on some of those as my selections this week. I don't typically go to the top of the board when I'm looking at selections, but there's two guys in there that are ticking a lot of boxes for me. I want to have them on side, and they're going to make my betting card this week. So, without further ado, we'll get into that, and we'll touch upon the Aussie Min Woo Lee, and this time I am getting the name right. 25-1 to 1 on the betting board, was available 28-1 to 1 earlier in the week. Official World Golf ranking of 56, so he's knocking on the door of the top 50 in the world, and this season his form is coming together nicely. I was very, very close to getting him on side last week. I touched upon it on the podcast that he has the length off the tee. He had all the traits that I wanted to see last week. For the tournament in Portugal what kept me off him was the putter this week don't have that concern and even last week he was gaining uh, I think it was 0.25 of stroke off uh, with the flat stick so for me that's definitely something that hopefully he's getting together coming in with a little bit of form there coming into this week's tournament so uh, Minwoo Min Lee is my first selection outside of that 
so last week he did finish T8, uh, 11 under par, probably regretting not having more exposure to him on the DFS side of things. Um, he was 25 to 1 last week as well on his way to that top 10 finish. <clears throat> probably kept him at that level now in terms of the price point. Even though the field strength has grown, still happy enough to get on board and get involved at 25 to 1. So that's my first guy that's hitting hitting all the notes that I really want to see, to be honest. First in driving distance in this field as well. That's going to be something that I'm waiting in. I have a couple of guys in DFS that I'm mixing in that excel in other areas of the game. But, you know, first first in driving distance, yeah, going to gonna have them on side at this sort of course. We're, we're expecting a birdie fest. Length off the tee looks to be an advantage. And generally this year, he's sitting sixth now in the race to Dubai and he's built up those points through the European Tour side of things rather than WGCs and other major events. He has a tournament win this year at the Scottish Open in 2021 and also in 2020 pre-pandemic picked up that win at the Vic Open in his native Australia. So definitely a golfer that is young, he's exciting, we want to get him on side whenever we can and this time next year, I don't know if we'll be getting 25 to 1 about Min Woo Lee in this kind of field and this kind of uh, tournament. Who knows, maybe this rebrand will attract much uh, greater interest from PGA Tour regulars. So, you know, we'll see. But he's definitely more than capable of making the step up to the PGA Tour himself within the next year or two. So he's definitely a golfer I want. Course debutant uh, has shown some desert form, though. He had a fourth place finish at the Saudi International. So it's not... It's not a course that he's coming into or a surrounding that he's coming into that he hasn't excelled in before or or certainly so on promising signs in before. So definitely someone that is rounding out, or not rounding out, he's headlining my betting card at 25 to 1. So my second selection today is Dean Burmeister at 25 to 1 also along with Minwoo Lee. Coming in of a win in South Africa, we've seen this before with George Kutsia. Brandon Grace, Christian Pazitenhut have all come in before off the back of dropping down in class to their native South African tour, come back up to the European tour and follow that up with another victory or, or an impressive performance. I'm expecting that again this time around from Dean Burmeister. He has the length off the tee. That's something we definitely want on side this week. And outside of that, he can shoot extremely low. He's won the Tenerife Open earlier in the year at 25 under. We might be hitting that sort of score again this week, especially with the favourable conditions that we're expecting in Dubai this week. So it's uh, something that I definitely want to have. He's done well next door at the earth course as well. He's had back-to-back fourth-place finishes in 2017 and 2018 and also has a third-place finish at the Dubai Desert Classic. So lots of desert form coming into this tournament. Lots of confidence coming into this tournament in terms of form overall. i say career-best season, he's uh, fourth in strokes gained adjusted strokes gained over the last 24 rounds and even further out than that over the last six months he's also graded out fourth in this field and it's the guys that are regulars on the pga tour that are only above him and that adjust adjusted strokes gained metric so definitely lost to like about dean burmeister outside of the adjusted strokes gain second in driving distance you know maybe a bit stereotypical this week with the driving distance side of things i've picked the number one we've picked the number two but it's got to be a standout and a real positive and the other thing is the heater is coming with the putter. He's heating up nicely. He's getting there. He's ready to go low again. So my second selection is Dean Burmeister at 25 to 1. My third selection, and I hummed and had over this guy, is Johannes Veerman. He's 50 to 1. It's a little bit on the short side. I didn't quite have the value I would like 
at 50 to 1. Would have preferred to get him around 66 to 1, but he's just outside the world's top 100 currently. He's 113. Pop it on the board there. He is a golfer that has won on tour this year, won the Czech Masters at a fairly favorable course, albeit a much less uh, caliber of field put together for the Czech Masters. Did manage to rally late to, to knock out our boy Tapio. So um, not a lot of desert form jumping out. He did have a T14 at the Qatar Masters earlier this year. Coming off a five-week layoff, he was very, very active earlier in the season. Hit lots of good form. Lots of uh, tournaments where maybe there was one element or other. He didn't quite put it together for four rounds. But consistency overall before that was great. Miscut and then five weeks off. I'm not too concerned about that. I'm happy enough that maybe that price, 50 to 1, there's enough to like about Johannes Veerman. Not hearing him talked up an awful lot elsewhere in anything I have had a chance to listen to this week. So Johannes Veerman is my third selection at 50 to 1. And this week, I'm only going with four selections. I've hummed and had over a few guys. I'm only confident enough to put up the four. But my fourth guy is Adrian Moronk. And he is 37th in the race to Dubai. He's had a fairly solid season overall, but he's still seeking that maiden European Tour victory. And jumping up in class a little bit here, jumping into the Dubai side of things is maybe not something he's 100% familiar or or confident with. But a couple of things did stand out to me. Desert-wise, he has a second-place finish in the Challenge Tour in 2017 at Alhambra Golf Club, also played in the United Arab Emirates. And a 27th at the 2020 Saudi International. He's coming into form this year, generally speaking. And is a guy who probably will get his European Tour win. If not in these next two next two events, he will get it next year. Because he's definitely trending in the right direction overall in terms of his stats and his profile and his makeup. Has the length off the tee. He's not quite at that first and second tier that uh, Burmeister and Minwoo Lee were. But he's definitely got the length off the tee. And just outside top 10 in terms of the driving distance. So definitely one I want. And also earlier in the year, the Tenerife Open was another birdie fest type tournament. And he finished on 19 under par, a couple of shots behind, uh, well, six shots behind, but certainly knocking on the door with Dean Burmeister, who won that tournament and put up as another selection. So my betting card is rounded out with Adrian Moronk at 66 to 1. The BFS this week. We are going to start out with a 9k and above range, and there's no real surprise there. Two names, three names actually, I've already put up here, and that is Min Woo Lee at 10,300, Dean Burmeister at 9,400, and Johannes Veerman at 9,000. The winner for the tournament is most likely to come from this range. That goes without saying. I think you can get a bit of a class act coming through at this sort of tournament. A lot of the golfers will be treating it probably as a warm up for next week, but outside of that, my fade is going to be Sam Horsfield at 9,700. Had a decent finish last week at the Portugal Masters. I've had question marks over course fit here. And even though I say that last week's tournament had sort of similar traits, if we like, in terms of driving distance being advantage, uh, not penal off the tee in terms of the rough side of things and uh, the, the putter being a little bit different. But Sam Horsfield for me, he... Has a nice enough game, but has maybe just peaked earlier in the year. Not really putting it all together for me at the minute. And I'm happy enough that he's maybe at a sell-high price after last week's performance. So Sam Horsfield is going to be my fade at 9,700. Let's drop down to the 8K range. And the three guys that are ticking the boxes for me this week are Joachim B. Hansen at 8,800, Jordan Smith at 8,700, and Tom Lewis at 8,000. 
Tom Lewis, for example, hasn't really had the recent form that I would like to see. But at 8,000, I think it's a fairly good uh, buy price on him. There's a number of boxes he was ticking for me model-wise. So Tom Lewis at 8,000 looks a bit of value. Uh, my fear in this range is Robert McIntyre. The Scott at 7,500. 7,500? I need to check that. I assume it's 8,500. Uh, he's my fear anyway in, in the 8K range. Um, McIntyre... Oh, the whole Corn Ferry experience did not go to plan. He should have been earning a PGA Tour card this year, and he has not responded well, having had that dip in form. Early 2021, he looked invincible, looked like he was going to hit the ground running and gain his PGA Tour card. Unfortunately, our boy Bobby Mack has not quite bounced back. I think he's going to draw a line under this season, this week and next week, get it out of the way, and then reassess where he's at game-wise. Hopefully, he gets it together. He is a golfer that we love to be backing, I'm not going to get there this week, though, uh, either betting-wise or DFS. And I will have a look around for some matchups as well and see whether he is worth fading in those. Might drop those into the nut tots, so keep tuned for that. In the 7K range, Grant Forrest at 7,700, Adrian Moronk at 7,600, and Tapio Polkinen at 7,100. Tapio put it together fairly well last week. Uh, he was one of my headline selections in terms of the betting outrights. He... Did finish well, and we're going to go on the bucket hat again this week. I don't really know how he's going to perform in Dubai, but given some of the course similarities to last week and a little bit more confidence gained, hopefully he can round out his 2021 season, which has been solid overall with a good showing here. My fade in the 7K range is Adrian Otegi. Doesn't really have the distance off the tee. He's got a late tee time on day one. He's going to be playing catch-up possibly uh, when that wind picks up a little bit in the afternoon in Dubai. So that's where I'm putting him in the fade. But uh, to be honest, the 7K range is quite deep this year or this week and was not really stumbling across a guy that I was like, oh, this is the one I want to absolutely fade. He's the guy that ended up being the fade in the 7K range, but it's uh, a bit of a push to to put him in there. Um, distance off the tee is uh, something that I'm waiting particularly high, so... He's not going to be for me this week. He's probably going to be high-owned because of that 7,200 price range. He showed glimpses in recent weeks. We're coming to a different course, though, and a different type of setup, and I definitely don't want to have him in my setup. And finally, the 6K range this week. Julian Guerrero at 6,600, David Drysdale at 6,500, and Daniel Gavins at 6,400. David Drysdale is probably the one that jumps out there as being completely away from my model numbers. Um, when I did a bit of a digger deep into the Scotsman, I was liking some form and some bits and pieces that I liked. Doesn't have the distance off the tee, though, so it is a bit of a contrarian pick there. Expect him to be very low-owned. Daniel Gavin's at 6,400. I quite like. I quite like this week. Um, he's probably a bomb that I was close to putting up in the outright betting I don't think he... He's had a tournament win earlier in the year um, back in his native Ireland. I don't know if he can do it again this week in Dubai in terms of outright wins, but he's something that if I can find some top 40 markets maybe, um, some books like FanDuel, Paddy Power, Betfair, all part of the same sports books family, may be able to find that price point there. So that's something I'm going to look at with Daniel Gavins. Maybe have a look and see if there's any low range uh, matchups as well with him. Of course, fit for me, I think he's he's up there, uh, recent form, last 24 rounds, last six months. He seems to be progressing nicely as a golfer overall, his overall game is going there. So I'm happy enough to have 
him to round out the 6k range. My best bet this week. So best bets. I thought last week I was coming in with an absolute cracker, even money shot on Matt Wallace. And I thought, happy days. This is the guy that I'm going to definitely have in my uh, best bet. I thought we're, we're definitely going three and one. We're not. We're now two and two. Matt Wallace epically failed last week. What I will say, though, is I'm a bit hesitant to fade Matt Wallace this week off the back of that performance because I do think the course fit is there for him. I do think the motivation is there for him. He's uh, not quite there DFS-wise at the price point I would want, but I may start looking at a few derivatives again for Matt Wallace. Um, he needs the race to Dubai to get over the line this week. He needs a very solid showing to get into that final 60. Um, I'll actually touch upon that very, very briefly. So it sounds like due to COVID, the European Tour are going to make some exceptions on the stereotypical uh, rules, if you like, around the Race to Dubai point system. So typically, every year, top 60 in the Race to Dubai make the DP World Tour final next week. It looks like they are making a bit of an adjustment to that. They're going to hand pick uh, outside of the top five. I think from the sounds of it, they're going to be top 54, I think was the, the number I heard batted about. So they're going to go top 54 and then handpick the rest of the field. Um, I'd be fairly aggrieved if I finished 58 for 59th in the race to Dubai and then some sort of caveat was put in place that I, I don't make the DP World Tour final. We'll see how it plays out next week and how the field is constructed, but that's something to bear in mind this week. So he's well outside that race to Dubai at the minute after last week's showing. He's really got to put it together this week, Matt Wallace. Uh, that's enough about that. Let's get back to the best bet. Sam Horsfield, I am fading as it touched upon. You can get Dean Burmeister, who I'm very high on, at minus 110. So that's 1.91 decimal odds. Um, Horsfield, given a couple of reasons why I'm fading him. Dean Burmeister's side of things, as I said, really, really happy to have him. If you can't bet with bet 365, um, and the, the odds I'm showing there at minus 110 is including the tie. So if they get into this birdie fest and they both end up on the same score at the end of it and it's a tie, you'll lose your bet. Bovada have it up at minus 115, so maybe worth a look there if you want that bit of extra insurance. And uh, In terms of value and positive EV for the, the betting side of things, definitely minus 115, that, that five cent drop off, if you like, from minus 110 when you get rid of the tie probably means you're getting more value betting minus 115 with Bovada over this uh, minus 110 bet. I'm happy enough to take the extra risk with the tie included so to, to get that extra little bit of value at minus 110, but can't put anyone off going to Bovada. As officially, uh, bet-wise, I am putting up the minus 110, 1.91 Dean Burmeister, tie included at bet365 as my best bet this week. That rounds out this week's show. A little bit of a, a quick show, if you like. Um, it's been one of those hectic, manic weeks, as I touched upon at the top of the, the, the show. Um, next week, though, I'm really, really excited because we're going to attempt, hopefully, a two-man live show to round out the European tour. I've loved doing it on my own for four weeks. I've got a special guest who is extremely well-informed on the European tour. He puts together his own content. Delighted to be bringing him on board. That's it for me this week. Thank you very much, guys. Cheers.